Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. This series on lies we tell in our relationships, the lies that we believe, the lies that I live, the lies that I tell everybody else, the lies that have affected my life, the lies that hold me back from healing in my life, the lies that help me uh, uh, stay where I am, they don't let me move my life forward, the lies that don't open doors in my life. We said this last week, it's not on the screen, but if you weren't here, you should write this down, that you will always stay as sick as your secrets. You'll always stay as sick as your secrets. In other words, uh, you'll always stay as sick as the stuff you're unwilling to confess. I'm walking through this season. I've got these problems. I'm in this situation. I've got these lies I've lived. I've got this lie I'm believing. I may be telling it. And I need help. It's why a small group is important. Again, I don't really care why you get together in a group. I just want at some point over the next 10 weeks of this semester, I want you to be able to take the mask off with a brother or a sister around a coffee table somewhere, around a table in a restaurant, or maybe out on a track somewhere, and you go, hey, I haven't told anybody this, but I'm struggling with because I'm tired of being sick of this. And when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you'll finally find healing. Say amen to that. But as long as you keep it in, as long as you keep it lies, as long as I keep living this way, well, that's the way it's always going to be. We said this last week. It's kind of harsh, but i got to be honest. I think it's the truth, and that is you're never more like the devil than when you live a lie. Look at your spouse and tell them, I knew you look like your daddy, the devil. Dad, you just, I, that's a way to start a fight. Matter of fact, Jesus said it like this in John 8, 44. He said, you belong to your father. Well, that sounds good till you called my daddy the devil. You belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your daddy's desires. That will stir something up. That, if you just, if you're looking to pick a fight, I know y'all don't do that, but, but, I have known other married couples. You just want to pick a fight. You just tell them, listen, you're acting like your daddy, the devil. <laughs> and and, and, and he, you just carry out everything he wants you to do. Then Jesus said he was a murderer from the beginning. He didn't hold the truth. There's no truth in him. This is If we had a theme verse for this series, it would be this. And this would really be the, the sentence I want you to focus in on. And it's this. When, when the devil lies, when he, when he speaks, he speaks his native language. Let me tell it to you like this. The native language of hell is lie. Conversely, the native language of heaven is truth. That's why Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through truth. you got to have truth in your life. And if you're ever going to move your life forward, every area of your life, if you're ever going to find real peace, if you're ever going to walk in real joy, if you ever get sick and tired of being sick and tired of depression and anxiety and rage and anger and addiction and all that stuff that holds you, if you're ready to sort of open the door to the best future God has for you, you're going to have to get comfortable with, I need the truth of God in my life and I need to close the lies down and I need to shut the door because everything I hear from the enemy is a lie. It's his native language. He tells you you're not good enough So you live your life as though I'm not worthy I don't deserve to be here I don't deserve to even be in the presence of God God can't love somebody like me That's a lie 
I don't have anything to do with my life. I've got no purpose. I don't have any calling on my life. That's a lie. You're called by God. God put unique gifts and talents on the inside of you. And if you'll walk in that and discover the purpose of God in your life, you'll live the best life God ever has for you. You, you can believe the lie like we talked about last week. Last week, the first lie that we talked about was uh, uh, you don't need anybody else. You can do it all by yourself. We've told people for the last 24 months in America and really around the world, you can stay isolated. You don't need people. Stay away from people. Look into my eyes. It's a lie from hell that you can live your life alone. You were not meant to be alone. I understand if you're sick, and I understand don't sneeze in people's face, but for Pete's sake, don't live your life alone. When I'm alone, I'm not good. Oh, just me and her. When I'm alone, I'm not good. You're not either, by the way. You ever been alone by yourself? You ever had a day off and you can't figure out? You're, um, the kids are gone. My wife's gone. I'm, I'm just, I got all day to do whatever I want. And my wife comes home and I'm in a bad mood. Is that true? Well, somebody's looking at their spouse. Stop doing that. Look right at me. Don't give it away like that. Don't do that in church. I don't know why. You know why? Because when I get alone, I get alone in my own head. And I start thinking how dumb I am and what I did wrong and why this isn't working. And I need my wife to walk in and go, hey, suck it up, partner. It's, you know what I mean? This is life. I'm not good alone. You're not good alone. But the enemy will tell you, you don't need anybody. You, you can do it all by yourself. By the way, you all about broke the sound system worshiping earlier today. And I'm going to break it today preaching this word to you. And So just get ready for that. Listen, you can, do, you, you can do a lot of things alone. You can get saved all by yourself, but you can't grow to maturity all by yourself. Matter of fact, a couple of weeks from now, the month of March, I'm going to bring you a message series on the grace of God. I've never preached a message series entirely on the grace of God, the justification of God by grace. You are saved by grace through faith. It is God's gift to you. It, no, nobody can give it to you. You can't earn it. You can't work hard enough for it. You can't be good enough for it. It's God's gift to you. But listen to me. You can get saved by yourself, but you need other people to grow up. You need other people to mature in your life, and you can't do it alone. It's the first line we talked about last week. Let me give you some new content this week. I'm see how I'm trying to teach? See how I'm just calming down like this? If I get too wild, Jared, just stand up and throw something out. Throw some water on me. Cool me off, all right? But I want to try to help you today. Here's the second lie. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write it down anyway. The second lie we tell in relationships. This one's going to help you. Look at me. This one's going to set you free today. If you'll live this principle, I promise you, you will, it will set you free. Here's the lie of the enemy. The lie is, I can fix you. The lie of the enemy is, I can fix you. I can change you. I've got the ability to fix all that's wrong in you. I know you're not right. I know things aren't right. I know this isn't right. I know our relationship isn't right. I know there's issues that you have. And the enemy will tell you it's okay because you can fix them. It's all right. I know it doesn't look healthy. I know they don't look right. I know things aren't right. But you can fix them. And the enemy will tell you you'll waste some of us decades or maybe our whole life trying to fix somebody else and it's the lie of the enemy that you can fix anybody I am terrible at fixing anything 
I'm terrible at fixing. Listen to me. When I moved to, uh, to Bernie to start uh, the church, I didn't know anybody in town, but I had been in ministry for, uh, at that point, 15, 16 years in vocational ministry, and uh, I had a great, had a great car, and uh, I, I had a nice car, and I loved, and, but when I moved to Bernie to plant this church, I didn't know anybody here. I didn't know, I, I didn't know none of y'all. We didn't know, I mean, we didn't, Brandy and I knew each other and our kids, and I weren't sure they were coming to our church. And so we didn't know anybody else, but I knew this. If I was going to pastor a church, if I was going to start a church in Texas, I had to own a truck. Come on, somebody. Y'all don't trust nobody don't fall out of a big truck. So So I'm a little dude, so I couldn't get too big of a truck or y'all be making fun of me talking about, you know, anyway. But, so, but I got a truck. And, and this true story, I wish it wasn't true, but it's a true story, right? I can't fix anything on my truck. I'm pretty decent at pumping gas. I'm, I'm okay at that. But other than that, whatever the lights tell me is what I go. And listen, if you're a mechanic, there's a lot of mechanics that attend our church. If you're a mechanic, I'm your best customer, okay? Because I just drop that joker off, and whatever you tell me, I believe. You say to me, sir, the flux capacitor's gone. I'm like, give me another one. I'll buy two in case this one goes out. I don't know where the flux capacitor is. I don't know what it does. I don't know how much it costs, but I can't fix anything, and my wheels is broke, and i got to have a whip. Come on, somebody. i got to have somewhere to get. Are you with me, everybody? I can't fix anything. i got two hands. Neither one of them are handy. Neither one of them. <laughs> biggest fights we have in our, in our marriage. You asked my wife this. The biggest fights we have in our marriage are when we try to put things together. A couple of years ago on Christmas... Uh, I hope this doesn't mess with your theology, but we still uh, let our children, uh, we have Santa, in case they're watching. So Santa Claus comes to our, our home, and, um, and he gives Daddy all the money to buy. But anyway, and so Santa Claus comes to our home. The other, a couple of years ago, um, Santa Claus brought my baby girl, I have a 10-year-old little girl, uh, a Barbie dream house. Have you seen this? It's about as tall as I am, which doesn't say much, but I mean, it's it's... It's substantial, okay? And we had bought it in plenty of time. And, and we had it in the box in, in our garage. And uh, we had decided, and by we I mean I, that, oh, this is going to be an easy thing. Let's don't work. Let's just wait till Christmas Eve. And then we'll put the kids to bed. And then we can whip this in an hour. No big deal. And so we did. The kids go to bed. Uh, Santa Claus eats all the cookies, come on somebody. And while he's eating the cookies, the box is out. My hand to God. Now my kids went to bed fairly early. It's Christmas Eve and we're trying and hours go by. We got a fireplace going. We got everything's looking good. It's Christmas music we're putting together. We're loving these. I love this. I love you. I love our kids and we get to do this. And we're about an hour in and we got, we don't have the foundation of Barbie's dream house. You hear me? Barbie ain't moving into what I'm building. Are you with me? Barbie wants a single wide before she gets in this thing I'm building. And we're there. This is the, my hand to God. We are there for hours. And on Jesus' birthday, I cussed. I said bad things. I talked bad to my wife. I cussed Santa Claus out. I was mad at my little girl. On Jesus' birthday, I'm confessing to y'all. And about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, I promise you, I looked at my wife and said, I don't care if she gets it. I'm going to bed. I can't do this. 
and she she finished it. We woke up the next day. Santa Claus was fixed. It was it was amazing. It was it was awesome. I just I'm bad at fixing things. I'm bad at putting things together. The other day, our, our door handle broke uh, to our home. We bought a new home when we moved uh, to town, and and the door handle just it, it was electronic anyway. Just it broke, and so Brandy tells me, "Hey, can't get in the house. That's important. So need to get the door handle situation fixed." So I did what every godly man does. I picked the phone up and tried to call Enoch. And I'm like, I can call somebody to help do this. And she, she gives me the look that you, when you've been married 22 years, you get from your wife. It's like, come on now. You go, we're going to pay somebody for that. Well, now it's a challenge. Now I'm like, oh, no, I was calling somebody to take a watch. I'm, I'm going to make a YouTube video about how to do this. <laughs> Y'all act like you ain't married to guys like me So I tear the whole thing apart Go to Home Depot I'm holding all the parts in my hand Walking through the aisle Like where, where's this? I need one of these it's true. I wish it was. I'm not lying to y'all. I'm telling you the truth. This is how bad I am. I'm just looking, and I, and, I, and I buy that, and I buy hundreds of dollars. I buy this, and I buy that. I go home. It takes me, I, if it takes me one hour, it takes me six hours to put a new door handle in my door. And when it finished, and the door locked, and I closed the door, I walked around the rest of the night like I had built a rocket ship. <laughs> hey, you need anything else? Write this in your notes. I'm bad at fixing things. I'm even worse at fixing people. By the way, you could be good at fixing things. You're bad at fixing people. You're not meant to fix people. You're not meant to fix the people around you. Well, you don't know. You don't know. I, I love them. I, I, I care for them. I, I want to help them. Yeah, I understand that. But you can't fix them. Uh, sometimes I, I, I'll tell people kind of a one-size-fit. As a pastor, I'll, I'll give you a scripture. I'll tell you this is the thing to do. And, and, and maybe the principle that you applied to your life works and your life gets changed. But the truth of the matter is I can't change anybody. I, I can't change you. I can't change anybody. But we all know that person looks straight ahead do not look around we all know that person that takes in every stray cat and feeds them milk on the back porch and says oh but they're cold and they're hungry and I, I don't want them out here and a, a couple of months later there are 12 feral cats and you're the crazy cat lady pushing a buggy down the street and now you're mad look at me now you're mad at all the feral cats that live in your backyard but it started because you thought you could fix one now I'm not talking about cats I'm talking about all the people in your life and the stuff in your life and the relationships you know that you know I can't fix you but I love them but I want to help them but I want to do this yeah but you can't fix anybody you try to fix them and then you spend 10 years of your life regretting the fact that I wasted my 20s my 30s I wasted my purpose trying to fix you because I can't fix anybody say amen to that I can't fix anybody. I can't help anybody. I just I can't do this. They say a watched pot doesn't boil. That's stupid. A watched pot boils. It just takes forever. You understand what I'm saying? It, a, a person will change. But when you have to watch, when you think you're the one fixing, you'll get frustrated in the middle of, I don't know why it's taking so long. I don't know why they're not moving. I don't know why it's not working. I don't know why they're not changing. Can I set you free today? Let me give you two reasons. Write this down in your notes. Why you can't fix anybody else. Number one, I'm not 
God. That needs to be in big, bold letters. Now, wives, write that in your husband's notes. If you take notes, take, take something out. Put one of those offering envelopes and say, baby, this was for you. This is a word God gave us for you today. I am not God. You are not God. Whew. Look at me. Take the pressure off of your life to try to be God. Take the pressure off. I'm preaching to a mother who's wondering about your wayward child, your adult wayward child. What am I going to do? Well, I'm not going to be God because I'm not God. Newsflash. You can't change anybody's heart. Only God can do that. I grew up in a very legalistic religious society. Let me preach to all the religious spiritual people. I know y'all. Y'all back there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's okay, brother. That's fine. But people do need to be changing, though. I understand what you're saying. But people need to dress right and do right. And I don't know what's wrong with him. Look at me. You didn't change you because you couldn't change you. You needed God to change you. And you need God to change them. Oh, pastor, I can, I, can, I can stop drinking when I want to. Well, then why haven't you? Because you can't change you. You need God to change you. Oh, pastor, I can put this down. I, I don't need pornography. Why? Well, then why are you still looking at it? You, can, you can't change anything. Only God can change their heart. I'm not God. And religious people want to say, well, they're not right, and they're not right, and they're not right, and you're not right. Listen to me. I don't want to be God. I'm going to let God do what he can do. Because when God does it, He does it better than I ever could. God gets all the glory when a heart is changed, when a life is restored. If I could change you, I would take all the credit. If I could fix you, I would think I was all-powerful, all-knowing, omniscient. I think I could do anything. If I could change you, I'd start thinking that I could change everybody else. You know what? They just need to ask me. You ever watch the news and say, I wish they'd ask me because I got the answer. I'd be knowing what to do with Ukraine and Russia. Nobody asked me. You don't know what to do. You don't have the answer. But I know the answer. My job's not to change you because I'm not God. My job is to get you to God because God can change anybody. Because God can change anybody. I don't need to fix you. I need to get you to the one who can. I need to get you to the one who can. It's why your life matters. It's why I preach to you every week. Pastor, why are you so fired up? I just, I, I can't help it. It's, I just get this way. Let me calm down. It's why I want you to serve. It's why I want you to find purpose. It's why I want you to get in a group. Let me show it to you in God's word. Because some of you won't believe it just because I said it. You need God. Okay, fine. Here's God's word. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he's writing to the church at Corinth that he planted, by the way, that he started, by the way, with his buddy Apollos. And he says, what after all is Apollos? I love that he used his buddy first. He was like, hey, what's, what's Aubrey? He ain't nobody. Oh, and me. What's me? What's Paul? <laughs> Look at me. Only servants. Only servants, and I know that you came to believe in Jesus because of me and Apollos. But listen, we're only servants as the Lord has assigned to each his task. Did you catch that? 
I'm only doing what God called me to do. Listen to me. You don't have to be God. You just have to do what God called you to do. You don't have to be the Holy Spirit. You just have to be led by the Holy Spirit. You don't have to fix that deadbeat husband of yours. You just have to let God use your life. You just have to do what God's called you to do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to serve. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to have joy. I'm going to give. And when I do, God's going to take care of them. I don't have to be God. I just have to do what God called me to do. And look what happens. Look what happens. I planted the seed, Paul said. I did the part God gave me to do. Apollos watered the seed. He did the part God gave him to do. But God has been making it grow. You need to underline that and put that in your life. I'm preaching to somebody who's been asking, God, why haven't you changed my school? Why haven't you changed my campus? Why haven't you changed our administration? Why haven't you changed my office? Why haven't you changed this team I'm on? Why haven't you changed the leadership uh, 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 in my office? Why do I have to deal with this on, on my job? Why do I have to deal with this in my life? Listen to me. God hasn't called you to fix them. God called you to do what he called you to do. And if you'll do what God called you to do, God will make it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters, but only God makes things grow. When I try to fix you, I try to take the place of God. And look at me. I'm a bad God. I'm terrible at it. I can't fix anybody. So I'm going to let God be God. That's why I love this church. That's why I love this church, because I love hundreds of people who serve tirelessly. And you say, don't you wish it could be better? Yeah. Don't you wish things would be different? Yeah. Don't you wish our community, everybody would? Yeah. Don't you wish they're, yeah. But I, I can't fix them. I can only do what God's called me to do. And here's, here's, the, here's the thing I love about the mission of this church, is because you're doing what God called you to do, look around. God's doing what only God can do. All right, let me give you the second reason because y'all going to clap and then I can't finish and y'all going to get hungry. And First reason you can't fix anybody is because you're not God. Second reason, write this down, is because growth, especially spiritual growth, is really, really, really slow. Y'all like that Barry White I pulled out, didn't you? Hey, baby. Stop, focus. I am the most impatient person you know. I go to H-E-B. I do the grocery shopping in my house, not because my wife doesn't, but because I like to eat. And I like H-E-B. Here, everything's better. Can I get an amen? <laughs> anyway, so I have a spiritual gift of picking the longest line at H-E-B. It's a gift from God. That if I pick this line and I've only got a few things and I look at it and I go, okay, this is going to be the one. There will be someone in front of me who tries to write a check from Venezuela. And they have to call in management and FBI's and things. And I'm stuck in every line around me. This is a true story. I wish it wasn't true, but I'm preaching about lying. I can't lie to you. Listen, I will park my kids at different lines. I'm willing to risk them being kidnapped. True story. 
I would say, baby, you stay right there. Daddy's going to go look. I'm going to look down there. She's way back there, scared to death. Just hold on to the buggy, baby. Don't do nothing. I'm going to go look. This one. Now tell her, come here. Hey, hurry. So she moves around. We get right here. I'm behind another one who's trying to write a check. So help me go. Baby, you stay right there. Go to this one. And I have spent more time changing lines. Does anybody else do this but me? Because I'm impatient. I don't, I don't want it. I want, I want it right now. I want it to go right now. But spiritual growth is a slow, methodical process. Salvation is instant. You are instantly translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You are instantly raised from death to walk in brand new life. Salvation happens in a moment. But listen to me. Sanctification, the process of growing up spiritually, does not happen in an instant. It is a process in your life. And I'm willing to excuse, look at me, I'm willing to excuse the process in my life. I just don't want the process to take so much time in your life. Let me say it like this. I will tolerate a DMV waiting room pace in my life, but I want you to change overnight. I don't know why they won't get fixed. I don't know. I expect them. I did that. I said abracadabra. I did the thing. I gave them the scriptures. I texted them. I recommended a book. I sent them the podcast. I don't know why they're still angry. I don't know why they're still depressed. I don't know why they still lie. I don't know why they're still sin. I don't know why they're still lust. Here's the reason why. Because spiritual growth happens as a process. Look at me. Anything worth anything is a process in your life. you got to take time the reason why you can't fix anybody is because you're not God and it takes more time than you're willing to give and God stands outside of time and space and you and I are trying to rush the process I just want them to fix I just and, and, and you're listen there's nothing wrong with your heart I know you want it for the right reasons but God when God does it it's better let me show it to you in the Bible Psalm 1 and 3, David says this, that person, the righteous person, the person who doesn't sit in the, in the seat of the scornful, the person who doesn't hang out with mockers, that the blessed person is like a tree. Look at me. Not a twig, not a shrub, not a little bush, not a plant you got in a raised bed out back calling yourself a gardener. A tree. Planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Spiritual growth happens in season. Any farmer knows you don't go try to get corn in the middle of the winter. It's the wrong season. You can go look at it. You can pray about it. You can look at an orange tree all you want to. You can just, you just look at it and say, come on. You ever tried to look at an orange tree and make it grow? Just grow. Mm, squint at it. Spiritual people squint at things. Come on, little orange. You're more than a conqueror. <laughs> you give it scripture. Come on, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You just... You just Mm. Spiritual people hum a lot. Mm. It don't matter how much scripture you tell it. It's only going to bear fruit in season. Are you with me? The reason you can't fix people is because there's seasons in your life. So what job do you have? I'm glad you asked. Your job 
is to do the mission God called you to do and to get planted by streams of water. Let me peel back a little vision about our church. Let me tell you why we're building our first permanent home, by the way. I went by there yesterday. Framing's going up. It's about 25% done. Everybody, we're going to have walls real soon in Jesus' name. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to take you there. We're going to write God's word all over it. It's going to be amazing. Let me tell you why we're building a church. Let me tell you why hundreds of people call this church home. We've been in four locations in five years. We've, I literally feel like we've built four different churches. Thousands of people have come through our church. Literally thousands. Thousands of people have been saved. We've baptized hundreds and hundreds of new believers. Let me tell you why. Because we're not the church pointing out what's wrong with you and trying to fix you. And Well, if you'll just clean up and if you'll just get it right and if you'll just do this and if you'll just do that and here's the list of rules and here's... No, no, no. Rico, I'm never going to try to be that church. Let me tell you what we are, though, Gentry. We're the kind of church that says, hey, there's a stream of living water that every Sunday, <laughs> I feel him right now, every Sunday the stream of living water flows down this, and if you'll get close to the water and you'll get planted, that's why, that's why, the, that's why David said, it, planted in the house of the Lord, they flourish in the courts of our God. Yes, right? If you'll just get planted by the waters, come play so they think I'm closing. There he is, he was waiting. If you'll just get planted by streams of water, Look at me. You want to help them? Get planted. You, you want to help that spouse? You want to help that child? You want to help that parent? You, you want to help that neighbor? You, you want to help that person that you're trying to fix? You don't have to be God. You just got to get planted. You just got to introduce them to the stream of water. Here's the stream. And God can do anything. Yeah, but I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to help. I'm... I'm just trying, let me, let, me, let me say this over you. Write this down. You need freedom from being the fixer. You need freedom from trying to fix people. Yeah, but I see potential. You're not marrying potential. You're not going into business with potential. You go into business and you marry pattern. Look into my eyes. I'm teaching you now. Don't go looking for potential. Go looking for patterns. How, how do they pray? Because if they haven't prayed before, the likelihood of them praying... Do they have an anger problem? If they had an anger problem before, they're going to have an anger problem when you marry them. Do they drink too much now? They're going to drink too much when you marry them. Are they abusive now with their words? They'll be abusive with their fists later. Are you with me, everybody? Write this down. Don't keep defending what they keep proving. <laughs> don't keep defending what they keep proving. You don't have to fix them. Let me set you free from being a fixer. Don't keep defending. Yeah, but I love them. There's chemistry. Oh, there's so much chemistry. Oh, but we've been together 10 years. We've been together. It's, oh, this is so great. I love it. I've, I've met him seven months ago. But he's been an idiot for seven years. You met him seven months ago. You with me, everybody? <laughs> Proverbs 14 and 8 says, The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought. Think about patterns. Folly of fools is deception. The wisdom is... I'm going to commit to the process before I commit to the person. Write that down. I'm going to commit to the process before I commit to the person. Jared, bring your chair. Come right here. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Faster than that. Turn around those wonderful people. I don't want to see you. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. 
Let me teach you. Can I teach you one more principle? It's called the law of spiritual gravity. It's universal. I didn't invent it. It's universal. Like gravity. But I've discovered it over 22 years of vocational ministry. The law of spiritual gravity says this. That when two people are in relationship, let me see your hand. When two people are in relationship, that it doesn't matter how much force you try to pull them up to your level. Given enough time, they'll always pull you down to theirs. Because spiritual gravity is on their side. I'm try- I-, I, know- I know he doesn't go to church now, but he's going to go to church when we get married. I know he doesn't tithe. I, I, I know she don't serve anywhere. I know she's not on the dream team. But I pro- she told me when we get married and the wedding's over, she's going to start serving. And then a year later, you're down here depressed, worried, anxious, disconnected, lost. Why? Because the law of spiritual gravity says you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna settle at the lowest point. Like, thank you, Jerry. Unless you just want to sit there. Your job's not to fix them. Matter of fact, write it down like this. I got two more things and then we'll pray. If you'll fix you, let God fix them. You say, Pastor, what do I do with all this information? I'm glad you asked. Fix you. Let God fix them. Work on me. Here's what I can change. I I can become the spouse that I want my spouse to be. I can become the praying, serving, loving, compassionate, patient, Fasting, giving, tithing. I can become. I can become. The, I can become the person of joy. Well, you don't understand. I've dealt with. De- they've they've been depressed as long as I know them. Okay, why don't you up the joy quotient in your house? Why don't you be full of joy? Our house is is yelling and screaming, and there's no peace. Why don't you bring peace into your home? You can't fix an old cusser like him. You can just fix you. God can fix them. I I hate this job I'm on. I hate these people that I have to work with. You can't fix any of them. You can just fix you. I've just decided in this year, I'm going to be the best version of me. I'm going to be everything God called me to do. I'm going to do what God called me to do. You say, Pastor, you mean do I do it by myself? Yeah, serve by yourself. Yeah, pray by yourself. Tithe by you. I tell couples all the time, one of you is going to have to start. One of you is going to have to decide. Somebody in this business relationship is going to have to go, hey, I'm going to honor God. Hey, we're going to do the right thing. Hey, I'm going to be at church. Hey, we're going to pray and bring our kids to student ministry. Hey, we're going we're to do the right thing. We're going to give and serve and love and be full of joy. And We're, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to bring people along with us. Why? That doesn't change them. No, but it changes me. I can deal with my issues. I can break my bad habits. Yeah, but they're an alcoholic. Yeah, but I don't have to be. And I'm going to show them what, this is what life and sober looks like. This is how much joy you can have. This is what real peace looks like. I'm going to get rid of my own pride and envy and lust. I'm going to get rid of my stuff. I'm going to fix me. I'm going to let God fix them. Because this is where we'll land. Look, write this down and then we'll pray. We'll close your notes. You need to be a whole person. Looking for a whole person. Not trying to fix a person with a hole in them. You need to be a whole person, spiritually mature, doing the right stuff. Hey, single people, dating people, engaged people, don't be looking for somebody thinking, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll fix. No, you won't. 
Hey, married folks, don't, no, I'm not trying to fix her. You don't try to fix him. No, I'm going to fix me. No, I, I'm, I'm going to do the right. I'm going to be a whole person. God will make them a whole person. I'm not trying to fix a hole in you. Hey, church family, let's be spiritual warriors. Let's be whole people. Let's be healthy people. Let's be praying, giving, serving, loving, joy-filled people, people of excellence. Let's be people who love God and love other people. Let's be people who do. Let's be people who live out mission and serve God with gladness and joy. Let's be people like yesterday, our outreach team. Every month we have outreach teams. You need to be on a serve team every single month. You need to go. You put a red shirt on and we serve people all over our cities, people who are out and uh, people who are disenfranchised and those on the margins. And we serve other people just to love them and show them the love of Jesus like yesterday. Yesterday, when dozens and dozens and dozens of law enforcement and sheriff's office and they got served and we just loved them and prayed for them and told them that we cared for them and there was a church that didn't want anything from them we just wanted something for them why? because I'm going to do what I can do I, Paul and Apollos said I, I just planted, he watered but God made it grow so get in a group, get on a team Get free from being a fixer. This fix you. God will fix them. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for um, I thank you for the presence of God that's been so uh, real over the past few services. I thank you for today and people in the room today hungry for God's word and the presence of God. I pray for people who are struggling with this principle of fixing. I got a difficult person. I got a child. I got a, a teammate. I got a coworker. I got a spouse. I got, and I have, um, I've expended a lot of energy and time and effort to try to fix them. And I just can't fix them. So God, I'm going to let you do what you do best. God, I'll fix me if you'll fix them. Imagine, church family, come on, keep your eyes closed. Imagine an army of believers, hundreds of people in this church who decide, I'm going to be everything God called me to be. I'm going to love people, serve people. I'm going to love God. I'm going to be a person of excellence. I'm going to choose joy. Imagine the revival that sweeps across the hill country in San Antonio if you and I decide, I ain't trying to fix nobody. I'm just trying to fix me. Now, if you're in the room today and you need God to fix you, this prayer is for you. I can't pray a prayer of surrender for you, but I can pray it along with you. So I'm going to ask everybody in the room, nobody's looking. If you're church online today, wherever you are catching this message, just open your hands before the Lord, right where you sit. Maybe pray this way in your own words. Jesus, I need you to fix me. God, I've tried to fix my own marriage. That didn't work. I tried to fix uh, my own uh, co-worker. That didn't work. I've tried to fix my kids. That, that didn't work. So God, I need you to fix me. Change my heart. Change my life. God, give me the tools I need to be the husband I'm supposed to be, the, the pastor I need to be, the leader I need to be. God, give me the tools to be the father that you want me to be to my babies. And God, I, I, I need you to fix what's wrong. I confess all of my sin. Come on, tell him. You know the stuff you deal with. God, here's where I'm at. It's anger or pride or ego or lust or, 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 or rage or uh, all, all that stuff. God, I got all this stuff inside of me. I, get it out of me. Fix me. Let me be the person you called me to be. God, put me on mission. Come on. I, I'm, 
I, I'm praying for people who need this purpose-driven life. God, get, I, I want to I do what you called me to do, like Paul and like Apollos. They did their job. I want to do mine. I'm going to do the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. And then, God, I'm going to let you grow and change and fix my family and fix our marriage and fix my job and send me the right person and heal every broken heart. I feel that today. Come on, I feel healing in the room coming today. Not because God's fixing them, because God's working on you. I feel healing in marriages and healing in hearts today. I know there's a lot of layers. I'm not pretending one service will do it. But, God, I'm just asking you to come into my heart. Change me. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, tell him, God, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe God raised him from the dead so I could live forever. I receive forgiveness today, grace, mercy. Heal me. Set me free. Fix me. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody shout amen. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.